You know, I told myself today that I'm in trouble. Amen. <laughs> My wife is laughing at me because I have never spoken or even contributed in a Bible study before. <laughs> Not once. Not once in my seven years in this church have I opened my mouth in a Bible study. In fact, there are some times that there are certain comments that will be made. My wife will say, ah, you, you've taught something about this. Say something that say me. <laughs> I'm afraid they cash me. You know? <laughs> I'd love you. Uh, but I have to do this. So please pardon me. Uh, those of you in Jesus Academy will know how we interact. So I'm going to assume that this is a Jesus Academy class. Amen. <laughs> So, um, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Um, the pastor started a series in the beginning of this month talking about the need to partner together. And it's amazing because this is a period where everybody says you need to do you. How many of you have heard that you need to do you? <laughs> you need to do you everything. Forget about anybody else. Forget about what other people care. Just make sure you focus on yourself. And in that same time, the Lord is leading us to talk about partnering and teaming up with one another. It is not out of place. I think that we should begin to focus less on ourselves and begin to focus on the power of more, like Pastor Tefia taught us. Hallelujah. Now, quite, I'm going to tell us a story, something that happened to me so many years ago. Um, there's a friend of mine who came when I used to do my business. I had my own office and all that. And I used to do corporate business, uh, contracts with companies. So he knew that he could win me with this. So he came to me one day and told me that he had a contract to supply certain things to a company, things that I sell. And so I said, okay, beautiful. Uh, he, he didn't have the funds to do it, so he wanted me to supply him those products so that he could supply the company. And I said, it's fine. So I gave him those products. He supplied the company. He claimed it was EcoBank at the time. And uh, one month after, I wasn't getting paid, and uh, I didn't see the money, and I kept pressuring him. He kept saying that they'll pay me the money, they'll pay me the money. And then I told him, okay, I have a few contacts with the bank, so I'm going to reach out to them and find out why they are delaying the funds. Then he sent me a very long email. There was no WhatsApp at the time. Maybe there was, I can't, I'm not sure. So he sent me a very long email explaining to me that there was no contract that he had very serious problems with funding. He had people that he was owing money. And there was no possible way of getting money out of me than to tell me there was a contract. <laughs> and then he took those goods from me, sold them off, used the money, solved his problem. And he knew that I was using the bank funds to trade. And I said, so you could bear to have me go through this. And he said he was sorry and that he would pay me back. And then he couldn't pay back. And then I didn't have a choice than to go through the legal means. So I had my lawyers write him. And then all his entire network started calling me. Everybody was calling me, pleading with me. He had a, 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 an elder brother who used to work with HSBC at, the, at that time. HSBC had an office in Molina Towers at that time. So the brother called me and was telling me, please, I should give them some time. I said, you have money. You are being paid in pounds. Give me my money. And then he, he couldn't. So one day the young man drove a car to my house and told me to take the car as payment for my money. The car wasn't even up to maybe, say, 60% of what he was owing me. And I rejected it at first. And he told me, there's no way I can possibly pay you except you take this car and write off the rest. So I took the car. And wrote off the rest. And do you know, months after, or let's say years after, this young man came to me again and said he had another deal. <laughs> we are getting to the lesson. He came back to me and said he had another deal, this time with Airtel and blah, 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 blah. And the deal was what four times what he did before. And then... Of course, I did my due diligence. I verified the deal. Okay? And the deal was actually true. And then why would you want to give this person your money? Because if they pay him, what's the guarantee that he will pay you your money? There's no guarantee. So I wasn't going to do the deal. Then the Lord spoke to me. That do you think that he has not changed? Do you think that 
what is the problem? Is your problem that he has not changed? Or is your problem your inability to forgive? If I didn't give you a second chance, you won't be where you are today. Very difficult one. So I told myself that I was going to give him the funds. This time I have to give him money. I said I couldn't buy the product. I had to give him the money. He did the business and ladies and gentlemen, he paid me my money. <laughs> so I discover that the problem we have is not as much as what the person did to you. It is because of our inability to forgive. Years down the line, I, I was pursuing a contract and I couldn't represent myself as a CEO at that time for that company because of something else I was doing for them. I needed someone to represent my company as a CEO. And the only person available to me at that time was this same young man. So I invited him and told him that he needed to represent me as a CEO and blah, 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 blah. And lo and behold, he did it fantastically well. We got the contract, we executed, we were paid, we shared profit. If we did not mend that relationship, you cannot imagine what we would have lost. As I speak to you today, we are still very good friends and we are still doing a lot together. We need to check. We need to check ourselves. When we posted the, um, you will always need partners, mend your relationship. Is it still there? <laughs> Do you have it? You will always need partners, mend your relationship. Somebody had to chat me and engage me and said, man, this is, this is difficult. That there are certain relationships that need to be broken and broken forever. I said, agree. What we are talking about mending are those relationships that should not have been broken in the first place. We need to ask ourselves, is your problem with this person or is your problem that you cannot bring yourself to forgiving? We are not talking about forgiving today. Hallelujah. I needed to pass these messages across so that we know that we always need someone next to us. We always need people that we partner with in order for us to succeed in life. That is why we are having fellowship. Look at it there. You'll always need a partner to mend your relationships. A lot of us have many relationships. A lot of, a lot of us have broken so many bridges. You just cross that bridge and say, this person, I will never have anything to do with them. Some of us have unforgiveness in her heart. I spoke to somebody in my office today and uh, she hasn't spoken to her mom in maybe several years. And then she gave me a life history of what, you know, um, the mom did to her, how the mom treats her badly and everything. And I told her to tell me the story of her mom. And we realized that the mom gave birth to her out of rape. And from that situation, the mom has been having a whole life of hell and transferred the hatred of the experience she had on the daughter. And I told her, you, you know this problem with your mom and you wouldn't tolerate or even... I said, what your mom needs is simply love. By the time you show her so much love, all this hatred that she has carried for years, she will forget about it and she'll become the loving mother that you can imagine. So I'd like us to please quickly check our lives. There are a few people that I want to share with us that you might not know they had partners. Uh, one of them is Bill Gates of Microsoft. I believe we have something on the screen. Uh, Bill Gates had a partner. His name was Paul Allen. They started Microsoft. Paul Allen is actually late right now. We also have Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs had a partner. His name was Steve Wozniak. Both of them started Apple together. You might not be familiar with the second names. You know, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, if you, I'm sure you know he has somebody who financed him. His name is Eduardo. They started Facebook together. And then Larry Page of Google had a partner. His name was Sergio. Sergi or Brain. So you will always need people to start up, you know, what you need to do. And uh, let's start, stop thinking that we can do everything ourselves. Alibaba said that 
He was not a very smart guy. He had an idea. But what he needed to do was to bring a lot of smart people together and help them manage each other. I say smart people don't know how to, to work with people. <laughs> they don't like working with people. But he helped them manage each other so that Alibaba has become what it is today. I'd like us to go to our text. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. We'll be reading from verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shina, and they dwelt there. Then they said one to another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the highest heaven or in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. And verse 5, but the Lord came down to see the city and tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Hallelujah. And I have titled today's message, The Unstoppable Team. The scripture says that there's nothing they propose to do that will be withheld from them. NIV says, and nothing will be impossible for them. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Let me read verse 5 again. Verse 6, he said, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have one language. Indeed, the people are one. What makes a team unstoppable? It is the fact that the team are one. The Bible said that the only thing that can prevent them from being unstoppable is their imagination. Whatever they imagine to do, the Bible said nothing will be impossible for them. I'd like us to go into our discussion. Maybe I'll take one and then we'll go into our interaction. What makes a team unstoppable? The scripture says in verse 6 here that the team are one. They are one, they are not divided. In their thoughts, in their vision, they are one. What they aim to achieve, they are one. It is not the fact that they speak the same language. There were two things. Number one is that they are one first. Number two is that they speak the same language. But the first thing that made them able to do everything they wanted to do was the fact that they were one. It's very difficult to have quite a lot of people to have one vision, to think the same thing is very difficult. That's why sometimes I like to work with fewer people. When you want to set up a team, make it fewer. That is why running a church is very difficult. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't envy pastor's position. I'm, I'm being honest with you. I don't envy. As young people, we had pastor fellowships, we know how difficult, how impossible it is. I remember going to preach in a church one time uh, as a very young 19-year-old. And after preaching in that church, the, the pastor knelt me down and said he's inducting me and ordaining me as a pastor that day. Somebody is praying for you and you're doing, mm, I don't hear. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> It is impossible to manage a huge large number of people. I mean, it's easier to manage young people. How, do you know how difficult it is to manage adults? Adults. 
What did somebody say? Good. <laughs> did somebody say good? Do you know what it means to manage adults? Adults. Oh my God. Oh my God. It is almost impossible to manage adults. Now, to get adults to do the same thing. Who you be now? Who you be? <laughs> Who you be? <laughs> Hallelujah. They'll first check everything, everything about you. What kind of English is this one speaking? Look at his suit. His suit is... <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God our pastor. <laughs> You'll find waiting to talk. You don't go see. <laughs> Hallelujah, because school, he go past you, everything. <laughs> Hallelujah, put your hands together for the man of God. So the point is that getting a group of people to do the same thing is, is usually very difficult. I listened to a doctor. Uh, he said that um, if you can make a group of people to see their vision in you, it is easier to make them one. To help them see the fulfillment of their vision, their life ambition. If you can help them see it by following you, it's easier for them to follow you and fulfill your dream. So the scripture says here that they were able to achieve this because they were one. One of the ways to make a team unstoppable is that that team is one. Number two. I'd like us to read um, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Okay, he says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to to live alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. Go on, please. So the Lord took some soil and made animals and birds. He brought them to the man to see what names he would give each of them. Then the man named the tame animals and the birds and the wild animals. That's how they all got their names. None of these was the right kind of partner for him. Go on, please. That's why a man will leave his father. Okay, let's go to verse 24. Yes. That's why a man will leave his father and his own his father and his mother and marries uh, marries a woman and two of them will become one person. King James says one flesh. Now I'd like to ask you, when God discovered that it wasn't good for a man to be alone, what did he do? What did he do? Somebody should help with the mic. I want to know what the God did when he discovered. Is there any other mic? Okay. Yes, ah, Sister Princess. God called um, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. No, when he discovered that it wasn't good for a man to be alone, what did he do? He created Eve. But this no, was not process. exactly. What did God do? No. <laughs> Okay, uh, Minister Etefia. God made man a teammate. He gave him a teammate, uh, oh. the woman. Oh, okay, not exactly. <laughs> what did God do? All right, booking. Um, okay, so I think he gave the... What God did was he gave the man work to do. Okay. Okay. Oh, somebody should help. Somebody should deliver us from this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God uh, allowed the man to sleep, mm-hmm. and he took from one of his ribs. Okay. And okay, okay. Thank you. But that nobody has answered my question yet. What did? Okay. Should we read it again? <laughs> Our pastor wants to deliver us. Ah. <laughs> huh? Okay, so who wants to help us? What did God do? Anybody else? Maybe we should, should, should we read it again? Okay, there's somebody there. There's somebody beside you, yes. God gave the man a helper. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's give it to Minister Shaba. Ah, she's a teacher. She might get this thing now. I don't know. 
when God, when God realized that the man was alone, when he said it, he created the animals and gave him work to name Thank them. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands together for her. Uh, why are we skipping this thing there? You don't want to acknowledge the fact that when God saw that he's not good for him to be alone, what he did was that in, in the effort to create a partner for him, he made animals. He made animals. But the scripture said that God saw that none of them was the right kind of partner for him. None of them. And then he made Eve. Even Adam knew that mm -hmm, this one is correct. <laughs> you know, when he was running around the animals, can you imagine? Just giving their names, roaming around. There was no form of satisfaction. So, why I'm saying this is for us to know that God, the creator of the universe, his first step wasn't the perfect one. Forgive me for saying this. It wasn't. Sometimes we can make mistakes in choosing. So don't say, pastor has been teaching, partner, partner, I've chosen one now. See, see my head. <laughs> the first step wasn't the perfect, suitable partner for him. It wasn't. It wasn't. The Bible said that he now created Eve. And both of them were one. And the Bible said here that Eve, verse 24, then shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to the wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And when the Bible was looking for, God was looking for a partner for Adam, he was looking for a helper, like some of you said. Someone that was going to partner with him to fulfill destiny. He created Eve. One of the ways, we've talked about one already in the first, first option. One of the ways is for each member of the team to know his place. Praise the Lord. Each member of the team, Eve acknowledged that what? She was a helper to Adam. She was a partner to Adam. The main person is Adam. She was to help his ministry. When we begin to lose our place, the team becomes crooked. What I would have expected Eve to do when the serpent came to Eve was to ask Adam, the carrier of the vision. You know, I'm afraid to say this. Sometimes this world just turns everything upside down. Everything. Everything. We just turn it upside down. Now, a woman wants to be head over the man. What the Bible said, just like Christ is the head of the church, the man is the head over the woman. And in your house, as a woman, you want to be the head. Because gender equality Breaking bias. Forgive me. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Break the bias. I'm fine with it. You know, everybody wants to break the bias. Break all their bias and gender equality everywhere. But when you come to your home, stay under the man. I was reading one devotion. And he came to Ephesians where he was talking about how this scripture where the woman have to be under the man and blah, blah. And he was afraid of saying it because he's an American. He was afraid of a devotional. The guy was afraid of painting. He said, it does not mean that um, the man is ahead of the woman. It's just that he was just afraid. Ah, I say, Jesus Christ. I was looking at that. I said, this man is afraid. Oh my God. We want to twist it. Because social media tells you that you have a voice 
even in your house, you want to voice out. I'm not anti-woman. I love my wife. She knows I can't do without her. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> she knows I can't do without her. People think that she depends on me. I'm just confessing now. Some of you know that I'm the one that depends on her. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm the one. I mean, I can't do anything of my own. Nothing. I can't even warm rice. <laughs> you think I'm joking? <laughs> Even she, she's still wondering why I can't warm rice. <laughs> there is still, there is rice in the fridge, there is still everything. Just warm it now, I'll just go and take Gary and drink. <laughs> Don't, I'm just confessing my sins here. I'm just telling you. I, I, so I respect women, that's the point. But you need to understand that this rubbish that is floating around that is why we are having problems. Oh, so many problems today. They will not listen. And I'm not saying the men are the perfect men. I'm just saying we need to know our place. Everybody. Don't struggle with the woman. The woman has a better career. Allow her to go to her career. Allow her to grow up in her career. It might be better than you. But as long as she still submits to you. It is fine. You don't need to struggle to be the person providing or the person. You don't need to struggle with that. As long as the woman knows her place. As long as she knows her place. In my office, I work with someone. And it seemed like I'm the everything. Some people don't know who my boss is. It seems like I'm the everything. And people down here say, oh, Collins, you've been, you've been instrumental to this. You've been instrumental to that. You've been instrumental to this. So, I mean, can't this man just... Give you the so 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 percentage of shares in the company, and I laughed. Ha! See, these people want to sow tars in my heart. I said, This man was doing fantastically well before I came here. Very well. Yes, I may have helped the company expand. After all, I ran my own business. Where is it? But I use his resources to expand his business, and you think that I have the right to begin to make demands? I know my place. I know my place. I know my place. If each member begins to know their place, everything is fine. You imagine, those of you that watch football, you know, Pastor Tavi and Pastor Steve made me realize that I'm not spiritual by not watching football. <laughs> They were criticizing me that he don't watch football, he don't know anything. Look at you, you say you are spiritual. <laughs> and the Kana ones are the one making me feel Kana. <laughs> imagine the goalkeeper leaves his post and is and he's striking because Ronaldo is famous. I want to go and be in Ronaldo's position. What happens to the team? He just leaves his post and he's going to do striking. Let, let, let everybody, you are jealous of this one, you are jealous. What else? That little one you are doing makes the team unstoppable. Just that little one you are doing. Everybody should know his place. Everybody. I'm going to stop here. I'd like to take comments from everybody else. What makes a team unstoppable? What makes a team? Who wants to help us? Because I've said we failed the first question, sir. I'm not going to fail again. Okay, give Pastor his mic, please. <laughs> Before we answer that question, me, I want to ask a question too. What, what is the difficulty that people either do not know or will refuse to stay in their place on the team. For instance, you're talking about husband and wife. What about parents and children? The children today don't know their place on the team. When they get to a certain age, you people, you don't know what I'm talking about. When they are taller than you. 
when they make their own money, they don't need their money anymore. You will know whether they know their place or not. I had a discussion. My two older children were talking. So the younger of the two said to the older one, Say, why are you arguing with that? Me, I don't argue with that, you. As long as I need his money, he's the one who pay my school fees, my car is the one that bought it for me. Me, I don't argue. The older one, you know her, her mouth is, hey, hey, discuss. We argue. Just as I say, don't argue. You argue when you have your own money. <laughs> that day, eh? I knew what was coming. As I they look you so. If you still need my money, and you say, yes, sir, yes, sir. You, you have grown up now. You, this is my son. I'm watching you very well. I make class for me. That's my own question. Class for me. What is the problem? Why don't people know their place? <laughs> leave the wives alone. The wives, leave them alone. Let's talk about some other people. M- mommy, oh yeah, talk now. Okay, somebody's something. hand is up here. Can you oh me? my God. <laughs> she hey, she's to... like me. I don't think she has spoken before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's clap for her. Let's clap for her. She, I think she wants to defend the children now. <laughs> um, I feel like people don't know their place because everyone wants to succeed on their own. Mm. Everybody wants to be famous for their own thing. Oh my. And also, people don't know their place because... Scratch it very well so that it will come out. (laughs) No, put your hands together for her. Come on. Because, yes, everybody wants their personal dreams to be fulfilled. Meanwhile, if we all come together with our dreams, it could make a bigger... Oh, my. Come on, put... Okay, there's another child here. (laughs) Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so going by what pastor um, asked, um, in my opinion, I may not be right, but I believe that a lot of people don't know their place because um, whether we like it or not, there will always be the superior and the inferior person, subordinate person in every relationship, in every partnership. So I believe that some people who are superior tend to misuse that position and then um, affect the subordinate. So they too want to, is it me you're talking to like that? Me too, I'll show you. And they too now begin to say, oh no, I won't agree, I won't agree. And then, and like she said, everybody wants to shine. Everyone wants to be known. If you ask, what's your dream? I want to be known around the world. So we're all going to do whatever it takes to be known, even though we aren't doing it the right way. But some people still choose to do it anyhow, as long as they eventually... Thank you. Thank you very much. Richard. Praise the Lord. I think the first thing is that um, in a team, we all understand that we're working towards, like you said, sir, a particular goal. So if you understand that, in meeting that, let me say, team goal, your own personal goal will also be achieved. It's easier for you to, you know, play your role in the team. But if you feel like in meeting the team goal, your own goals, like everybody said, is not going to be achieved, you tend not to give all your all in the team. So my, my first um, take is that once the team, um, um, everybody in the team knows that um, where we are going is ultimately going to favor all of us, it's easier for people to align. That's what I think. Put your hands together for him. Minister Shema. And uh, our young pastor too. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to share something. I believe that some people don't know, some people don't accept their places because of, you know, what the world tells you. But that's why we're here. That's why we come to church. That's why we come for lessons like this. Because we need to know. I, wa- I worked in an organization um, at the time. A lot of you would know Wale Tunubu and there was Mofe Boyo. Now, we that were in the organization, we knew that Mofe Boyo was almost like the brain behind the organization. But he, would never, he was never the face. 
Wallace will be the one that will go forward. He will say the thing. He will make the promises. But this man knew his place. And we all knew because he was the brain. But he never tried to, you know, like, ah, they should know me. I'm the one now. Why is his name in the one in the papers? Because the moment he will do that, everything will turn upside down. So we also need to learn. What happens to this generation is you feel you know it. You don't want to learn anymore. So we looked at that and we're learning. So when we're in your organization, you feel like your boss is doing that. You say, no, you see that one. Somebody must be in front. Somebody must do the work at the bottom. Everybody cannot be in front. Everybody cannot be ogre. Everybody cannot be the superior. If you know your place, it doesn't mean that because you are the subordinate that you are useless. Because they need you there. The Wale Tunubu is not going to come and do the work of Mufe Boyo or to do the work of Eshema. So they need me in my place for the team to succeed. Why does everybody want to be ogre? Why? It's the world's ideology. It's the world's ideology. That's why we need classes like this. We need to come to church. We need to learn. Because the world is also teaching as the church is teaching. Thank you so much, Minister. Can I I add to that? Okay. I give the second level uh, witness. Let me the second level witness. Because I worked in ocean and oil as well. I was a general manager, operations. In fact, I worked with Mofe very closely. The truth is that they're friends and they're equals and they started the company together. You will never see Mufe talk to Wale where people are there. Once he says something, we just say, okay. If he's going to talk to him, it's only when they're alone. And it was not a Christian organization. Now imagine in church, we cannot even know our place. I watched the two of them. And what you said is true. The fact that you learn from it means you're smart. And that team is still working. Thank you. Uh, Good evening, church. Uh, I feel like most people don't know their place because they are trying to create a name. So that's why you see that when people are arguing, they're always like, do you know who I am? So you don't expect to be a cleaner and then say, I'm a cleaner. So you expect that, okay, fine, I'm the CEO of this and this. Most people are, they don't know their place because they want to create a name. Like you said, uh, in the football team, whereas the goalkeeper is coming out. You know, most uh, golden boots are given to strikers and not goalkeepers. So because I also want to get a golden boot as a goalkeeper, I'm coming out as a striker, uh, coming out to be a striker. So that's... One reason why people don't know their places. <laughs> Thank you. Put your hands together. Hey, my, oh, we have quite a number of people. Okay. Please, let's hear from the person who has not spoken, our um, sister, Sheila. Yeah. Good evening, church. Good evening. Okay, um, like depicted in the slide over there, in a team, um, it comes, um, sorry, in a puzzle. There are pieces to the puzzle. And each piece of the puzzle has a particular place. Okay. <laughs> Um, What I'm trying to say is that, um, as depicted in the slide, in a team, it's almost like pieces of a puzzle being put together. And then each piece fits perfectly into where it is slots. And wherever it slots, it finds satisfaction there. So I think most people don't know their place because they are not fulfilled and satisfied where they are being fit. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In my own opinion, the reason I discover that the reason why some people do not know their place, which I discover is that most people, most people are, are proud. They don't want to be submissive to gather what they don't know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Actually, the first thing that came to my mind when Pastor asked that question was pride. Pride. In my, oh, we have somebody else. Okay, Pastor Tefia. Pastor Tefia, put your hands together for Pastor Tefia. Please don't ask me any questions. Just answer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to contribute today since Pastor Collins have never contributed on in order meetings, but today I'm contributing because the question is actually coming from the senior pastor and not from him. So, so let it be on record, I'm not, I've not contributed yet until he contributes when I am also 
Yes, then. Praise the Lord. So, oh to God. answer pastor's questions. <laughs> to answer pastor's question, unfortunately, I just have to take a cue from one of the lessons he read. And really, like um, Sister Shema just shared, one of the reasons why um, people wouldn't take their places is... Um, Two things, like if you've never been in a place where you learn from experience, like just like Sister Shema just said, she wouldn't, by what she have learned in our organizations, she have come to learn that she will always take her place while she grew in it. Just as we are in church, we know how much God has blessed this ministry, but we know Pastor Yomi, as much as he has been with the set man, he also knows his place. God will always visit us and lift us up as much as we lift men up. And until we understand that, even though God has made you a second, the source of your own increase is still dependent on how much you connect to whomever God has led you to. Um, one of the biggest mistakes the prodigal son did was coming to think that the success he can make in his mind can come by what he has seen his father do. Not knowing that his position there to his father is God has placed his father as a source to whatever he needs to do. So the moment he said, let me be on my own, he has detached himself from that source. So as young people as well, amen. We always think by the time we separate ourselves just because we also want to blow, we, 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 we unknowingly separate ourselves from the source whom, the Lord, whom God has connected us to. And secondly, just from the story you shared, um, I really learned from that. I've not seen it in that regard. Sometimes when God wants to help us in a, in a portion, just like the story of Adam, Bible says, and God wanted to make him a helper, and then he made animals for him. So whatever or wherever we may be now may just be a journey. It may be the animal we are having. And God wants to see how we are dealing with animals. He has placed you to be superior. How do you treat your cleaner? How do you treat your, your subordinate? God wants to see that so that he will partner an Eve of your like mind with you. Mm. On, Saturday, on Saturday in my organization, we're having, we're having a summit. And the MD said something very profound. He said he wants to see everybody treat everybody equally, even up until the cleaner. Because he, he took his secretary's call one day, and the person on the other side was instructing the secretary on what to do. So he got upset. If you have to get the value out of him, he needs to see you, give him respect. So how do you treat the animals that God has given you mm. as an Adam now? God wants to see respect. God wants to see purpose in you. And then he's, he's training you in that journey because he has put an if of like mind to help you in your journey. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Tavia, you just did an exposition on that verse. I'd like us to read, um, since we are focusing on this knowing our place, I'd like us to quickly read, before I take um, you, let's read Exodus chapter 17 and verse 8. Exodus 17 verse 8. I hope I'm correct. Now, Amalek came and fought with Ish. Let me see 8, 9, and 10. Exodus 17, yeah? Let's see 8 and 9, please. Okay, now, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Raphidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses Aaron and Or her, went up to the top of the hill, and so it was that when Moses held up his hand, that the Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Twelve. And Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hor supported his hands, one on the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. I want to ask a question. What if 
Aaron said, this thing Joshua is doing himself, and it looks like he's the one that is the superpower. Let me go there myself. Let him come back and hold Moses' hand. Do you know how insignificant it is to hold Moses' hand compared to somebody fighting in battle? <laughs> Thank you, sir. How seemingly insignificant it is. But did you know that was the, the, what Joshua need, needed to win that victory? That place you think that you are sweeping, it didn't make any sense. When I was in scripture union, there was something I, need, I used to do. I would come very early and write the, I'll find out the topic of the, you know, we use secondary school in scripture union those days. I'll find out the topic of the message for that day. And I'll do it like artistically. I'll draw it on the wall. There was no board there. It was wall that they painted black. So I'll just draw it artistically. And then I didn't know it was making any sense to anybody. I'll come very early, do it every day until somebody came to me and brought colored chalks and say so that the thing can be colorful. Hallelujah. It seemed insignificant, but it was ministering to somebody. It was ministering to people. It does not matter what you are doing in that organization. As long as you are there, fitting into a piece, like Sister Sheila said, you are significant. Please, give her the mic. Okay, um, so another reason, two reasons in fact, and I would give examples. So there's a book I read, I can't remember the name of the book, but you know, it um, kind of like divided people into I think five places or five segments where if you're in a team, you have the drivers, you have the implementers, you have the executioners, and then maybe you have the dreamers or something. So you have people who, maybe they're the drivers. So somebody has an idea. And then I tell my idea to Eshema. I'm the one that births the idea. I tell my idea to Eshema. So I, um, Eshema is the one that writes it down. And then, you know, Sister Chidima, we share the idea with her. And she's like, okay, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to. And she drives both of us, you know, to achieve one goal. You know, and so that's another reason. So the focus is knowing your strength. So I, for one person, I know that I'm probably um, like, should I say I'm an idealist? I'm creative and all that. And sometimes I get bored. So I need someone who I can run my idea with, who understands my vision and is able to drive me. Because I also thrive on energy. So the person is able to drive me so that we can achieve that goal. So the first thing is knowing your strength. I use someone, I mean, because they were talking about um, um, the Wale Tinubu and Mofe. Maybe Mofe is the type that he's, he doesn't talk. He does all the underwork. And then he just steps back. But Wale is... Your shoes shine, your face glow, you know, that kind of thing. He's the face of the brand, you know, and he comes out and you think that he's the one that has done everything. But meanwhile, there are people behind who have done the sleepless work and they just give him the position to shine, you know. And they're not, and then another thing is because Mufen knows his strength, he's not intimidated about the fact that Wiley is shining. So that's him knowing his strength. So he's comfortable knowing that, okay, you know what? If my friend shines, we win together. So knowing your strength and then taking responsibility for your action. That's one. Now the second one, and, I, I, and I would, I'd like to use the church um, as an example. So it's difficult to run a church because you have different people from different backgrounds, with different perceptions of how God, you know, is. Um, so one thing I, 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 one thing I found out is that sometimes if you are, if you are single like me, and matured single like me, I've experienced it. People are literally sometimes, um, they don't give you the respects that they give, sometimes give to women who are your, 
your contemporaries and then they are married. So you have, you have people, you know, that, okay, but probably pastors and all that, but we're, we're the same, you know, Adrian. And sometimes they say, oh, Minister Shema. And then they see me and they're like, oh, you, I'm going to come to you. You is not my name. My name is Bukola. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes you should accord people their respect regardless of what position that they are in. I don't believe, yes, sometimes um, people will be subordinates in a team, but they're also important. They're also vital. So the respects that you will expect an Eshema to give me and the respect she, re- she expects me to give her, I will also give to awesome. I will also give to our young pastor because people will thrive. People thrive on that when they, when they know that. You know what? I respect you. I value you and you are needed. Thank you. Hallelujah. Um, in my office, there's something we do. Okay, I'll come to you, princess. We, we try to build a culture. Of course, each of our teams have team leads. So we try to build a culture where if somebody in your team does something. As a team lead, when you are reporting it, you make reference to the person who initiated the idea, who executed the job. You know, most team leads, they will not talk about that small person. They want to talk about themselves. They are the ones that did this. And in our eyes, it makes you look so small. It makes you look so small that you are fighting for a recognition that should be accorded a member of your team. When I look at you, I just feel very disappointed. So we try to build this culture that anytime we are saying something wonderful, we will reference the seemingly small person in the team who did that. And do you know what that makes you as the team lead? It promotes you because you are developing people that come up with great ideas. So I cannot say for organizations that, uh, you know, a sister editor told me about the organization where she works, how the boss always shuts her down, make her keep quiet, make her feel inferior, takes credit for everything she does, and blah, blah, blah. And I want to talk about you, that they are making insignificant. And what the problem we now have is that we now become impatient. You know, we all think that we know something. Somebody joined this church recently and was telling me everything wrong about the church. This, that, that this church needs to do this, this church needs to do that. I laughed. I said, the problem you have is that you think you know something. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you know, when I came to the church, to me, I saw so many of those things. Well, what do I do? I'll sit down and learn. Sit down. You think you know something. Have you wondered why? Your 40-year-old self always think that your 30-year-old self was a fool. Have you thought about it? (laughs) Have you thought about when you are 30 years old that your 20-year-old self made a mess of himself? As I'm talking to you now, you're a fool now. (laughs) Because your 60-year-old self is going to tell your 50-year-old self that you were a fool. (laughs) You always think you know something. We don't know anything. The Bible said that we know in part. We know in part. You come to an organization, want to change everything. You've not even learned how the organization works. You want to change this. You need to do this. You need to do that. And they don't do it. Say, this organization is not fitting for me. It's not fitting for me. Ask yourself, is it that it's not fitting or you are just full of yourself? Hallelujah. We're not very patient. Just sit down and learn first. Learn. Find out. Okay, you are learning. Don't... You can criticize, it's okay. But when you are criticizing, open your heart to learn because you don't know everything. Imagine, if you have children, imagine your children coming to tell you something boldly and you are laughing. <laughs> have you ever, I remember before I got married, young man, my father was telling me something, he sat me down, was advising me, and me I was just looking at, look at just how foolish this man sounds. That's what I was just saying. Just look at how foolish it sounds. All those things he said were bunches of wisdom now that I'm married. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember everything. I'm saying, Kai. And this man was saying this thing, those this. And I was thinking the way I was foolish. You think you know? Well, why are we not? This world, I don't know whether it's social media that makes us think that we know so much. You just post one thing without fear. Without fear. You got, it happens in church, in organizations, everywhere. Be patient and learn. 
What experience do you think you have? I said this before in Jesus Academy. We were teaching something. I wasn't the one teaching. Somebody was teaching. And the one young lady said, I don't agree with you. And I laughed. <laughs> the length of time I've been a Christian is older than you. <laughs> the number of years I've been a Christian is older than you. <laughs> what does this one even know? <laughs> and I was just like, I don't agree with you. <laughs> Why do we always think we know? We, if the fact that we submit to the Holy Spirit is a different ball game, we don't even submit to Holy Spirit. You, it's just the head knowledge th- that we have, and we think we know something. That's why it's impossible for us to just submit and learn. That's why people rebel. Rebel in church, you rebel. You leave the department. What is this nonsense? What is this nonsense? Have you walked with Pastor Tefia before? Do you know how difficult it is? <laughs> I'm confessing. <laughs> it was the dean of our but you know how difficult it is, and you want me to blow. Oh, why are you off? Oh, yeah. I said, okay, okay, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. At the end of the day, you will see that everything, you know, his method might not be very fantastic, but at the end of the day, you see he's saying the truth. Let's listen to the princess, please. Oh, my time is up. It's a question, sir. Okay. Um, please, I want to know how. Although this is this is it's peculiar to me, it's bothering me. Okay, it happened last week. My somebody called me and said, "Princess, let's let's be partners." Although the business, I, I showed him, I showed him this business some years ago. You know, all of a sudden he bolted out. Yeah. After a while, he came back and said, "Princess, this is the way." You know, let, let me come back. I said, "Okay, let's do." So he he began he began the trading. He began trading and. You know, was showing me results. I was like, wow, what, what strategy are you using? How come? He said, ah, don't worry. Come close, I'll tell you. So when I came, I found out that the, we looked at the chart. He wasn't showing me anything. I said, but how are you making the money? You're yeah, making the money. And I said, I'm not after the strategy. I'm not after how it works. I'm after the money. I said, okay, if we need to team up. I love his aggressiveness. I'm a conservative trader, you know, but he is an aggressive trader. And I, I'm like... If this guy settles down to learn the rudiments of this thing, he would do well. Because you can have, a, you can have the strategy that works, but fear won't let you. But I need, I need him. I need him as a partner. You know, but, you know, but he's incorrigible. My, my, my business mentor will say, you don't know what you don't know. How am I going to... I need him. I don't, need to, I don't want to lose him because of his vibe about the business. But because of his money. How, it's because of the money you don't want to lose. No, no. His vibe. His, I need his bravery. I trade, I'm a conservative trader, so I need him. He's an aggressive trader, but he needs to... I have the skill, because I've spent years to acquire the skill. He doesn't have it, but he has the, the bravery. So I need to... If he can calm down for me to push it in, then we'll not add the bravery aspect of it to do more. But he's incorrigible, and so what do I do, really? <laughs> Put your hands together for her, please. Okay, I need help with this answer. <laughs> because if... Okay, does, you want to help, Buki? Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is what I'm thinking. If you're going to go into a partnership with someone, so somebody has... Um, are you, if she's talking about stock markets, is, is that what you're talking about? What are you talking about? Forex, yeah? Okay. So she already knows the process. Yeah, and it's not today that she started. So she already knows... Um, the process because from what I'm hearing what she's saying is that she's probably not like me maybe she's not like the talking talking type princess is that it or is it because we are talking about aggressive marketing to be honest when you talk about aggressive marketing sometimes you cut corners so you don't follow due process because my background is experiential marketing so I know what I'm talking about so sometimes when you want to do stuff it's always good you have if, you, if your goal today is to talk to 10 people today, you know that from the 10 people that you have spoken to today, at least that three, you know, you're expecting a positive feedback. Okay. So I need to understand. It's, it's, it's trading. You have to look at the chart. It's a chart. You look at it and know when the market is bullish to buy and bearish to sell. Yeah? So you can see this as a trained person. You are seeing it as a buy, but enter, enter. No, but he, whether or not it's a buy, you. <laughs> 
He's a risk taker, yes. So I need okay, him, praise the Lord. I'm going skills. to try to summarize this. Okay, I'm going to answer that question. Okay, let me try to summarize this. I don't know Forex, okay? Um, let me ask you one question. Does he listen to you when you advise him? When I look at his trading, mm. he's overleveraging his account. Should anything happen? Because you got to give the market space to breathe. But he doesn't do what I say, leave those prof uh. yeah, professional, leave it. But at the end of the day, we, he, he will always eat. tell me, please put some fun. Let's save this account. I said, we can't be doing this. Let's do it rightly. But he doesn't want us to do it rightly. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Now, um, I work with someone who is a very patient man. Okay. Um, when I joined the business, because I was doing the same business that he was doing, he called me and sat me down and gave me just one advice. Don't do this business like this. Do this business like this. The temptation to do this business like this is very much. You will make a lot of money in the shortest possible time, but you will crash in the end. Do this business like this. It might take you a long time, but you will have a sustainable growth. The person I'm talking about now, I'm working for him. Because I could not stand the patience. I mean, you see opportunity to hit big, but the day it will crumble, you will lose everything. If he will not follow the laws of forex, of being conservative. I know one thing about forex trading, you have to be conservative. Don't be tempted to put in everything. If he will not follow that, he's just a time bomb. He's just a time bomb. He's just a time bomb. It's just a matter of time. And don't be deceived. I, I was so big, I could go to anywhere in the world I wanted. I could do anything I want. But... It's like they rang a bell. You know what happened to Job? <laughs> you know what happened to Job? That's what happened to me. It's like they rang a bell. Bagam! Just like that. So bad that my wife would go to work, come back, sit down, kneel down next to my bed and be crying every day. The seemingly... Then I now know. There's nothing... You put before me that will shake me anymore because I've been there. <laughs> it's a time bomb. No. And I'm going to close. I would like us to read Romans chapter 3 and verse 31. Romans chapter 3, verse 31. Easy to read version. It says, So what shall we say about this? If God is for us, no one can stand against us. And he said, and God is with us. God makes that team unstoppable. If you put God in the center, put God in the beginning, put God in the middle, put God in the end, you're unstoppable. You make any decision. It was from my boss I learned that when he walks into the office, he prays before he starts working. He enters the aircraft. He prays. He taught me how to do it. We enter the aircraft together. I'll see him praying before he moves anything. He told me something that I should not worry about making money. Don't worry. Money. Money. Money will just come naturally. Forget about making money. Money will. And I've seen this man in my eyes. Somebody that we used to go to mission field together. We're going to preach the gospel. Buffing in the bush and everything. See him now. Say, don't worry about money. Money is not it. It will just come to you. Because he has God in everything. This man I'm talking about still cleans chairs in church. Carries chairs for people. Just go and do his own thing. Go. Serve God. God is in the center of everything he does. Put God in everything. Forget about yourself. Allow God to live. Is this the way? He's clearing. See the chart rising. Enter money. Ask God. Ask God. Everything seems right. It's okay. This is how it has always worked like this. Ask God. Ah, but it worked like this yesterday. It doesn't mean it's going to work like that today. Ask God. 
listen, it's autoplay. It's autoplay. Ask God. And I pray that God will be in the center of our team. I'd like us to rise up on our feet. I'd like us to begin to talk to God about today. Everything that we've learned. We've learned about humility. We've learned about patience. We've learned especially about knowing our place. What is your place in this ministry? What is your place in your place of work? What is your place in this church? What is your place in the department? Embrace where God has placed you. Do everything within your power to do your work in that place. Father, we thank you because of your grace and your mercy upon our lives. Thank you because we know of a truth that you are always on our side. The scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And yes, God is with us. We acknowledge your presence here. We ask, Lord, that you continually abide with us. Your scripture says that I will instruct you in Psalm 32 verse 8. I will teach you in the way you will go and I will guide you with my eyes. Our prayer, Lord, is that you instruct us. Teach us in the way we will go. Guide us with your eyes. In Jesus' matchless name we've prayed.